Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Damon Vion. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. And Mike. Hello. And 2022 is over. This is our last episode of the year. Probably come out sometime around Christmas, I'd say. So, happy holidays to everyone listening to this. And I thought just for the last episode of the year, we'd go over the year. Specifically, our favorite games this year. How we felt about this year in relation to gaming. And I've got to say, I think this is one of the... Uh, the best years we've had in a long time and i, I know i say that pretty often but it, like, it was a nutty year yeah this year was pretty exceptional i think we could probably make some fun predictions for next year too i feel like we did that last year and i don't remember what they were i think i said I, i'm pretty sure i said breath of the wild 2 would come out you, this yes, year i remember that very distinctly yeah. <laughs> and i remember myself being right but to be perfectly fair here all right i'm gonna throw it the other way now just to give you some cred i said last episode that once all the game awards from various news outlets or whatever started rolling in we'd see obviously elden ring be dominant but we'd see quite a few picks for god of war ragnarok i am wrong on that yeah i haven't it seen seems a single like god elden of war ring ragnarok. elden ring is one of those like breath of the wild kind of like sweeps where like it's just racking up all the awards and you know rightfully so elden ring probably my game of the year no definitely my game of the year as well uh, as it is for many others. So kudos to Elden Ring and kudos to you, Connor, for being right. For Thank once. you. All right. I like how close our predictions were, though. Yeah, I will say, like, with the with the Game Awards, we were pretty spot on. There weren't any real kind of surprises, right? Like, I mean, so it's, I think the biggest surprise out of the Game Awards was not actually a Game Awards. Oh, man. Do we have to address that? I, I, guess I feel like we have to address the, the Reformed Mike, Mike, Orthodox I feel like this is your arena. <laughs> Wait, what? The Reformed Orthodox Rabbi? Yeah, the the memeiness of it just feels oh, he, very... Apparently, apparently it's like a right-wing thing. Uh, he, yeah, uh, he was uh, he was like the fastest milkshake duck I've ever seen. Can yeah, I he's just like say a like, big Alex Jones fan he, and all that stuff. Like, what an actual loser. Like, he goes up and ruins the biggest moment in gaming of the year, and he can't even think of something actually funny to he say. can't think of anything other you know, than it's, Rabbi. Okay, so for context, everyone, the Game Awards happened. They were great. Jeff Keighley put on a great show. Uh, Elden Ring won Game of the Year. Miyazaki came up to give his speech, and there was this weird kid standing beside him, <laughs> right? And everyone up. just assumed, okay, maybe this kid is somehow affiliated with from software, Bandai Namco, I don't know, maybe he's Miyazaki's kid or nephew or something, right? Like, no one really questioned it. But after Miyazaki finished his speech, this kid came up to the mic and spouted some nonsense uh, and really ended the Game Awards in a weird note. But, you know, like, in hindsight, right, like, and obviously, like, Jeff Keighley's tweeted out that the kid got arrested. Which afterwards. isn't true. <laughs> Well, he got caught or yeah, whatever. I he got know. caught. He well, wasn't okay. arrested. There was a yeah. write-up, but yeah. So I don't know why Jeff Keighley said arrested. Maybe he thought he was going to get arrested anyway. The point being is I'm fairly certain nothing like this will ever happen again. Uh, security will surely be beefed up next year. And I just got to say, like, this could have gone really badly. You know, like, what if that kid had a gun or something? He could have killed Miyazaki right there. You know, like, and that would have been... I doubt, I'm sure they had secure, like, he was in the audience. I'm sure they had, like, metal detectors and stuff. It's still a big public event. Yeah, I guess so, but it's still, like, wild to me that someone completely random is just able to walk up onto that stage. Yeah, that, you know? that's like, wild. That is yeah. insanity. But, yeah, that'll definitely, definitely never happen again. 
But yeah, that weirdness aside, it was a great show. We got some really cool announcements too. I think my highlights were like Hades 2 and Death Stranding 2. And there's a new Ken Levine Bioshock-esque game in space. That looks very neat. So a lot of cool, interesting things to look forward to. Actually, I I do want to say one more thing in regards to the, the kid getting on stage. Nobody at the Oscars was able to stop Will Smith from actually attacking the host of the Oscars. Yeah, this so, is like, just this is just the thing. They they assume it's part of the show. Okay, but Will Smith, right, walks up on stage and everyone's like, that's Will Smith, right? Like, we're not going to have to worry about Will Smith. But, like, this is just some rando kid that no one knew. Yeah, it's, but it's, he was in the audience. Like, he didn't sneak into the event. He was in the audience. He was in the audience, but, like, still, like... And it's not like, you know, nobody involved in these it, things it was, is famous. It was one of those weird things where, like, when uh, from software employees like Miyazaki and his boys went up to accept the award, I'm sure they thought he was, like, some kid affiliated with the Game Awards. I'm sure the Game Awards people thought this was some kid affiliated with From. And it was just, like, yeah. he slipped under everyone's radar. It is embarrassing that it happened, but... Yeah, and it feels like, I don't know, I don't want to... Like, there's always something, I feel like, that has to happen to make games look a little ridiculous, you know? Like, we can never just be normal. But, you know, I I do want to give kudos to Jeff's show. Like, I feel like he's getting us there. And he's getting us into a respectable place, at least in terms of, like, industry standards i agree i I mean it's a better show than the oscars not that the bar is high on that but like i think the actually the viewership was higher than the oscars this year as well wow so that's doing he's doing well for himself so it's just a it's a more entertaining experience i mean obviously i care more about video games than movies but i feel like the way he does huge announcements and stuff is really smart and and he he has just improved like because he's been doing this for many years and he's really improved at like pacing it out right like for sure this this one was a really good mix of like important awards and cool announcements and and they were they were paced such that like it didn't get old or stale granted there were like kind of lulls in the show but like overall it was a very strong show i think but that all being said yeah do you guys want to talk about your games of the year yeah yeah uh, who wants to go first? I mean, I think I'll go first just because mine is the most boring answer, right? I, I don't know if I agree if it's the most... It's the uh, most obvious, certainly. <laughs> the most obvious answer, right? Yeah. So my game of the year is Elden Ring with God of War Ragnarok coming in a close second for me, but I have to give it to Elden Ring, right? So... Yeah, I mean, Ring frankly, for me, and, like, uh, I'm only not giving it to Elden Ring because I want to talk about something some people maybe haven't played. Like, <laughs> That's fair, yeah. But I, I guess you could talk about Elden Ring with me then. Yeah, but like, Elden Ring's nuts. This game, <laughs> right? So, like, we are approaching the end of the year, and it is the second highest selling game of the year, right behind Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. How and that close is, is a it? huge achievement. I don't know the numbers, only the okay. placements. That might be but, hard to get, yeah. But, yeah, like, this game sold, like, 15 million-plus copies in its first, first year, right? We've got DLC coming free updates coming and probably paid expansions coming i would guess in 2023 if you like uh, before dark souls came out in 2011 like tried to predict that a game like it would ever it's madness yeah, yeah. like it it seemed so niche at the time absolutely yeah and i like even even this game right like i guess it's just because of the open world nature of it it's it managed to break into the into the mainstream because of that but like 
make no mistake, this is still very much a Souls game, right? Yeah. But now, like, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like the floodgates are now open for From games, right? Like, Miyazaki, like, I, I wouldn't say he was a cult star, right? Because the Souls games were very popular. But now he's, like, in the same kind of... You, you talk about him in the same breath as people like Miyamoto and Kojima, right? Like, he's that level of stardom, like, that level of an art auteur in the games industry now. And it's because of Elden Ring. And I think it's so funny, right? Like, I read this interview. He's such a humble man, right? Like, someone asked him, like, why do you think this is the one that blew up? Why did Elden Ring go viral and really take the world by storm? And he said, I don't know. <laughs> that's just, he was just like, I have no clue. I mean, that's, he didn't know. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it, it is a little more beginner friendly, but not that much. So like, I it is more beginner friendly in the fact that it's, it, it is so, it's so wide. There's, it, it's so wide. It's so broad that like, even if you run into that traditional like souls wall, just go somewhere else yeah. and experience like hours and hours of like, a carefully crafted, amazing world full of secrets, you know, like, and, and then come back when you're ready. It's just, and that's the biggest thing about Elden Ring to me. Like, the world in that game is just, it's a tier above Breath of the Wild to me, which is saying something, right? In terms of, like, seeing something, going to explore it, and having that open up so many avenues for you, right? Like, the world really is something that, like, the more you put into it, the more it gives you. And it just keeps giving and giving and giving and giving to the point where you question, like, how is this all in one game? It's just yeah. so It has massive. the potential to make Tears of the Kingdom look bad. Like, I I don't think that that's how that's going to play out. But it, like, if if Zelda doesn't really crank it up on the sequel, it, it makes, like, it improved on Breath of the Wild, which, like, felt impossible. Yeah, that I mean, that felt impossible at the time, right? And that's what's so exciting, right? Like, the, the games industry always finds a way to one-up itself, right? And I've learned, I don't know, I've learned from experience never to quite count Zelda out, right? Oh, like, yeah. This is Zelda we're talking about. R- granted, you know, like, we could get another Skyward Sword type situation where it seems like maybe, like, a step backwards. But, like, I really think those days are behind us. I think... Yeah. uh I mean, just wild guess, right? I think Tears of the Kingdom will evolve on Breath of the Wild while incorporating some fan-favorite traditional Zelda elements and just be, like, the ultimate Zelda game. That's my prediction for that game. Yeah, but uh, I agree. We shall see, you know. Then again, right, like, Zelda games are known for being, I guess, subversive across entries, too. So we don't really know what this game is yet, actually, so... I'm excited to find out, and I do hope, and I do think it is going to come out in 2023. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah, I would, yeah. It, this, this one, this time is for real, right? Like, it's happening. And I also hope that a uh, Switch successor comes out around the same time, but I'm not holding my breath. No, I'm not holding my breath either, because th- this is a weird take, but I was thinking about it the other day. A Switch successor, if it costs more, is like going to be kind of competing with the Steam Deck like in a way that they're not right now and that'll be weird yeah i don't know like i could see a switch successor hitting that 
three hundred price point, right? Because like if we look at a Series S, right? A Series S is what it's three hundred as well, I believe. Yeah, a, a switch. What I'm saying is a Switch successor cannot hit four hundred. Like, yeah, because once you hit four hundred, you're competing with the Steam Deck, and I just don't like, see it, it being favorable. I'm a, my memory here is failing me, but if we look at historical Nintendo, I don't think they've ever releases, launched that high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're always sort of on the lower end. So I, I'm not too worried about that. But I am excited about all the rumors swirling around this new Switch, like DLSS support and stuff like that. So Yeah, we'll see about all that. I, I think it would be, like, an insane turn. Like, it, it, it feels like I was watching some stuff about the Portal RTX stuff going on recently. Yeah. And I think it would be, like, an insane Nintendo-esque turn to, like, release a path-traced-only console or something. Like... It's all hardware. It can't even do rasterization. It's all yeah, path I don't, traced. I don't know about like, that. Yeah. The, but the only people that would do it are Nintendo. Like, I don't think they will, but that's the kind of weird stuff they were doing in, like, the GameCube era. Like, Well, that's the thing. Okay, so that's that's another interesting thing about Nintendo. Nintendo, more than Sony or Microsoft, are marked by innovation, right? Yeah. Like, they're always trying to do something new, whether for good or for bad, right? But this is the first time in a long time, I think, that this is just going to be an iterative, safe. That's why I, that's why I don't think it's going to happen because they just don't do that. I mean, the Wii U was pretty iterative. But. I know they don't do that, but like this Switch is the hottest Nintendo has ever been. Like they're at the top. Yeah, of the and game I guess right the, now. their portables. And I have don't always think been they're willing. Actually, like the Game Boy Advance was just a better Game Boy. Right, and I do think like Nintendo is in a position right now where they don't want to take risks. You know, obviously, I could be proved very wrong by that. But, like, I think for the first time in a long time, Nintendo is going to play it safe and reap the benefit for it. Because I think that's what people want. Yeah, too. I people just want to switch. Just too. want yeah. a stronger Switch. And I think Nintendo is going to deliver on that. Like, yeah, I mean, like, I could only imagine the, the outrage if the next console was something completely different, not backwards compatible at all with the Switch. Like, that would just be like burning your own empire down, I feel like. But, yeah we've seen it happen before with nintendo so yeah but anyway that was a kind of a wild tangent but elden ring fantastic game certainly one of my all-time favorites and uh i i think you know like it really got me excited right obviously it's kind of the japanese thing to do but when miyazaki was giving his acceptance speech he said something and i'm paraphrasing here he was like forgive me for saying this but in the future, I'm going to make games that make Elden Ring look basic, essentially, right? He's going to make even better games, right? Even more That's interesting what is what he said, I think. Even yeah. more interesting, yes. That's what he's resolved himself to do as a creator. And then they and announced I, Armored Core, and everybody's trying to ask him how Armored Core relates to Souls. And the answer is, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't, <laughs> right? And Miyazaki is actually not directing that game. Oh, really? Uh, it's... It is the director of Sekiro who is directing. Oh, that's that gonna game. slap. That's gonna be so yeah, good. So but obviously Miyazaki being the president of From has he has his hands in everything, but right, he's not the one directly responsible for that game. So Miyazaki's next actual project is a bit of a mystery right now. But, you know, this being Miyazaki, like, I do not doubt him, right? Like when he says he's going to surpass Elden Ring, I hundred percent believe oh, it. Yeah, there's no doubt I in th- my mind. I think that this is a man who's like creatively thriving right now right he's going to put out banger after banger and i'm so excited and i'm thankful that we live in an era where we have someone like this pushing the games industry forward truly blessed 
also we get Death Stranding 2. Yeah, yeah, we do. That could be a good game. I mean, I found myself, like, watching the trailer and asking, what the hell is happening? And as soon as I said that out loud, I was just like, you know what, Kojima, I'm in. Yeah, yeah I was. You got, you got well, me. That was actually a special moment about the Game Awards for me was that I got to watch you watch the Death Stranding 2 trailer. Yeah, I was just like, what? And I knew I what mean, it like, was. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I realized it was Death Stranding very quickly, quickly. But, like, yeah. that did not help in my confusion, right? Like, knowing what it is, you're still just like, what are you showing me, Kojima? What are you trying to tell me? I, like, I love this I, baby. Yeah, I'm not a big Kojima fan. I did love that Death Stranding 2 got a rewrite because he didn't want to predict another uh, apocalypse. That was such a good joke. Yeah, yeah that was an amazing joke. Uh, Classic yeah. Kojima. Yeah. But yeah, I think I've said my piece on Elden Ring, and I've said it multiple times on this show, so we don't need to belabor the point, but... Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Connor, I think you had a... Uh, I just want to talk a, Omori. A, I... Uh, I Omori didn't come out this year. I think it came out last year. It came to Switch this year. So on a technicality, you have to give me this one. But sure. It uh Omori is just really special. I I I actually rewatched most of the game. Jaden Animations played it on stream. And I genuinely cannot think of a worse game to play on stream. A game more susceptible to spoilers and also like I would not want to feel those emotions in front of an audience but it's a very depressing game right yeah it's it's extremely depressing while also like kind of hopeful it's very hard to describe without getting into spoilers but like yes some extremely dark things happen it's like a psychological horror game in many ways although like it's pretty light on like quote-unquote scares and it's more just like rough like i for for this is going to come out after christmas so i was thinking about getting this game for somebody for Christmas. It was in my cart, and I was just like, hmm, is that a good idea? And I did it anyway, because I yeah, just Yeah, I mean, I feel like for a game like this, you have to you have to take, like, the player into account. Like, is this person going to be able to yeah, a appreciate little... and handle a game like this? I don't you know? think, in retrospect, I don't think it's so bad that there are people that aren't going to be able to handle it, I don't think. But it is, like, enough that, like, yeah, I'm, I don't see myself playing it a second time. Like, I mean, are there any content warnings you want to throw out for anyone? There's um, one animal abuse scene, but it's missable and, like, kind of skippable, even if you get, even if you find yourself in it. So, yeah. like, Jaden Animations did not get it. So, other than that, not really? I, I mean... Yeah, nothing. I mean, they're on the game page. The if I'm right, missing okay. any, there there are some. I'm, you know, yeah. It's it's a wild game. It also like it plays like an Earthbound game, which appeals to a lot of people as an RPG. It has a really cool like element system where like uh, sad beats happy, happy beats angry, angry beats sad, and you can like change the emotions of your party members. To basically change their current element to do stuff like that. And so, like, once you get a mastery of that system, you can, like, really just... You can steamroll bosses once you understand it. So, yeah, is it, like, a turn-based It's a turn-based RPG, yeah. It's very much like Earthbound. You have a party of four, and you fight your way around. Yeah, this game is on my wish list, so I'll definitely... 
pick it up once it's on yeah a bit of a sale yeah if you want an emotional journey i i, I there are a few games i could recommend higher the, the way i've described it to people is like the 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 amount of good you feel when you get a uh a pacifist run of earth or not earthbound of undertale this is like kind of the polar opposite of that like it's a cathartic version of that where it's like a very sad story but it makes you feel to that extent yeah and and on a second viewing like watching Jaden play it i it didn't feel as sad to me it felt more it felt much more hopeful on a second viewing so there's that it's not all bad and it also depends the game has multiple routes some of them are just extremely dark and sad with no but you you won't fall into those accidentally probably you you kind of right. know what and you're those doing. aren't kind of like the the true path through the game or whatever. Yeah, the true path is definitely the one that has a uh, semi happy ending. Yeah, yeah. So I just I yeah I can't recommend it highly enough. Definitely my favorite game I played this year. The one I'll still well, you know, Elden Ring is up there. Uh, but this is the one that I'll talk to people about for years to come, and I don't see myself doing that with Elden Ring in the same way. Really? Yeah, I mean, you know, it'll come up when Souls-like games and stuff and big open world games come up, but I... Yeah, no, I, I get you. I get what you mean. I guess in my mind, Elden Ring kind of occupies the same space as Breath of the Wild now, where it's just going to be like that one game that I agree. people will look back on as a, like a foundational game. Yeah, I agree with that, but I think Omori affected me more personally than either of those games did, so Omori gets the win from me. It would it, Omori would have beat Breath of the Wild for me, too. Oh, you weren't brought to tears by uh, Radon's tragic backstory? No. No, I just... I liked it, I don't even but... <laughs> know. D- does he have a tragic backstory? Radon? He's kind of like riddled with rot and wandering. Yeah, with desert, he... So I kind of um, assumed he did. He ate all of his soldiers uh, because he lost his mind. Ah, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, that's the other thing. Like, <laughs> I, I always go back after I play a Souls game and like watch lore explanations. Yeah, I haven't you. done that... I haven't done that with Elden Ring yet. I haven't either. I haven't really felt an urge to. I kind of understood what was going on most of the time. Yeah, I felt pretty satisfied. It wasn't as obscure as the previous games. Yeah, I kind of understood what was going on enough that, like, I don't really want Vati to break my headcanon. Right. And plus, you know, like, all these YouTubers like Vati, like, they're largely just, like, very solid interpretations, right? Like, the story is designed to be taken multiple ways so if you have your own interpretation yeah but that's the way radon is a pretty tragic story but he did learn gravity magic so that he could still ride his favorite horse and that's not sad yeah and he didn't eat the horse so i probably would have eaten the horse before the people but he clearly liked the horse more (laughs) (laughs) but anyways omori yeah yeah omori it's on game pass still if anybody wants it i was like Actually, I have no idea how much it is on Switch, but it is on Switch. It's $30. Okay. And it's probably, like, a perfectly good experience on Switch. This is not the kind of game that needs good graphics or anything. It's Right, yeah. It's going to be great wherever you play it. How about you, Mike? What was your favorite game of the year? One of my favorite games of the year? I want to say Total War Warhammer 3. Because, I mean, it did come out this year. I didn't play a lot of games that actually came out this year. Okay, so before we get into that, are there any games that came out this year that you want to label your game of the year? Um, I want to say Played Up, actually. That's a good pick. Played really Up is. was good. Played Up 
perhaps was the most fun I've had playing a game all year. Not giving it to Door Fortress Premium? I could have, but like, <laughs> is Door Fortress Premium really fun? Yes, I think it's extremely fun. I've it's been extremely playing a lot of it. fun, but it's a fun that's not for everybody. That's true. It's a very it, Door Fortress is a very niche game, so like played up, played up is accessible to the masses. It's the people's game. Anybody can pick up played up and have a good time playing it. And you're you're a champion of the people. Yeah, I love <laughs> the people. I I play yeah, only play- popular games. Never, never play right. really niche games that no one's ever heard of. Yeah. No, played up, like, I still need to play played up. Like, I've watched a lot of played up on Twitch. I've watched so much I've, of it, I don't I've even yet to, like, feel the urge to play it anymore. I feel like we, if we got a group of people together to play played up, that'd be very fun, I though. I think we like, played three people in person at Extra Life. Mm. And it was, it was chaotic and fun. Yeah, that sounds fun. Like, yeah, that sounds like a good time. You should probably uh, like, talk about what Plate Up is for the, uh, the audience that doesn't know. Play, plate Up is a cooking roguelike. Is that the best yeah, term so like for you, it? Yeah. It's not just cooking, but you also have to serve your food and kind of manage it's, your restaurant. It's a res- restaurant roguelike. It's similar to yeah, Overcooked, you can, like, but you have to do like the actual serving as well. Yeah, yeah, it's like Overcooked if it had like way more mechanics, I feel like. Fewer cooking like mechanics and more restaurant mechanics. Restaurant mechanics, yeah. right? Like, because you, it's roguelike in the sense that you, like, you get money to upgrade things in your restaurant and stuff like that, uh, between service services, right? Yeah. Like you, you will slowly upgrade your restaurant over the course of the game, and it gets gets harder and harder as you get through the run until eventually you finish your fifteen days and enter overtime runs. I think I've completed a grand total of like one or two runs in Overcooked. Or not Overcooked. Played up. Played up. Uh, is week. that, I mean, how many runs have you attempted? Uh, Probably like 20 or 30. Okay. So it's a pretty it's, tough game. It's a tough game. The game will regularly screw you over with RNG. There are situations where the game can make itself unwinnable. Yeah. I, I but, saw that a few times. Yeah. Like. That's just but it also seemed is. like there were like kind of easy builds that oh, like yeah. if you went for that you were guaranteed a win and those seemed kind of unfun to me. Yeah, there are there are ways to. But aren't there? Isn't that like a staple of roguelikes though? There's always a couple builds in every game that I, just kind of y- annihilate the game. Yeah, yeah, but you shouldn't be able to get it every time. And played up kind of like I felt like NL was getting it every time or every other time. If you use certain seeds, yeah, you can. You can kind of game the game and it also like oh. i don't know if played up is as fun to steamroll as other roguelikes are like played up seems like it's more fun when you're on your heels than it is when you're right played like, up whereas played no- up is- noita is really fun when you yeah. get off your heels and you're finally winning played up is very chaotic and that's kind of what i what i love about it is how how everything can suddenly just go off the rails at the slightest provocation I like that it has some really fun Twitch integration. Oh, yeah. The Twitch integration is a lot of fun. That, this was like a year for excellent Twitch integration. I want to shout that out because like between Played Up and like Cult of the Lamb, mainly those two, I guess, but they were like so good that they like make every other Twitch integration I've seen look bad. And they, were, they just kind of nailed the, it. Uh, what was the integration? It just named your uh, the restaurant goers after your viewers. And I think they got to choose what oh, that's that, pretty cool. that patron ordered. Yeah. And that's like it's simple, but it's like not plenty. even that. Like the Twitch, you could pull your Twitch viewers. Yeah, 
for uh say like what you should choose see that's great too and uh, for for anybody else in cult of the lamb your uh your followers could be pulled from twitch chat and your chat would actually get to customize what they looked like and everything and they would have that name and that's, I think that was that's super, especially for small streamers. I neat. think that's so cool. Twitch integration is probably one of the better ideas that devs have had. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting idea because it's like it's only a feature that you feel. I feel like it's only a feature that's really going to be used once the when the game comes out, right? Like as the numbers dwindle, as you know, like all games eventually get moved into the background right like i feel like those features just aren't going to be used uh, maybe i mean streamers come back and revisit stuff i what i have to say is like i don't know that it's extremely hard to do twitch integration like on the level like at least not on the level of played up maybe uh, where you have like a character editor and everything that you have to do for um i know the way played ups works is that it's a it's a third-party application technically Oh, in the okay. background, yeah, oh, it directly okay. interfaces with stream. Some yeah. some have an implementation that works in the game, like Vermin. I was gonna say, so one. how does that like work? Like when you boot up the game, does it ask you to link your Twitch? Yeah, account Twitch has an API that you can yeah. integrate in your game. That's neat. Yeah, it's it's cool. I I've never done it, but if it's anything like integrating the Steam API, it's really not terribly difficult. So, and I I assume it's very similar. They purpose built it for uh, integrating games into it, so it shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, uh, is this is this a relatively new feature? Because I feel like we should probably see a lot more of it. I it's been around for at least like five years, I think. But oh yeah, it, it's okay. getting popular now. I was gonna say games do take a while to make, right? But especially now that we have a couple good examples. I like don't think say, we've ever seen a AAA game do it, unless I'm wrong, Mike. Uh, would you consider Vermintide 2 a AAA game? It sounds more double A to me, but it, I didn't know about it. So. Yeah, it does have Twitch integration. And it's actually fairly a fairly solid Twitch integration setup. That's probably the biggest one, yeah. And I, I love it. Like, I, Well, yeah. I think the oldest example I can think of is in Cluster Truck. Cluster Truck had Twitch integration, and um, it had a really cool implementation of it where the devs could actually like mess with you. They had like a backdoor they had programmed into it. So that they would, like, oh, wow. roll up and, like, make weird stuff happen during, like, bigger streamer streams. They would, like, make the trucks behave oddly or make gravity weird, stuff like that. And, like, they could make text appear on the screen and everything, too. Like, they, they could take control in a very cool way. Yeah, they had a lot of creative uses for Twitch integration. I feel like that's, like, the like the popular kind of, like, sci-fi trope come to life. Where like you you you're playing a video game and like someone directly takes control of it, like that kind of thing usually isn't possible. But like it sounds like that this is basically just that. No, and it was like nobody knew about it in uh until it happened in Cluster Truck. It was sick. Oh yeah, that's neat. It was like a huge surprise. Yeah, because they don't. So Mike, you got it. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say if you had anything else. Uh, no, I don't have anything more about Played Up. We kind of derailed that into a Twitch integration talk. We kind of derailed all through, you know. Yeah. We, we've, it's been an episode of that. But I, I think, like, we kind of informally did this previously, uh, like previous years. But I do want to kind of m maybe make it a little more formal. Let's go through three additional games. But let's make it the game of the year that did not come out this year that you played this year. 
And for me, that's got to be Outer Wilds. Yeah, Outer Wilds. Uh, I guess if you're being technical, right, it did release on PS5 and Xbox Series X this year. It, it more got a next-gen update this year, is what I would call it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for PS5, that means releasing an actual PS5 SKU, because PlayStation's stupid and doesn't do the smart delivery that Xbox does. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, like... We talked about it at length a few episodes ago, and we got into spoilers as well. If you're interested, in, go back and listen to that. But like, what a game! You know, like it was. Uh, it very much lived up to the hype you have been giving it, Connor. Yes, <laughs> and uh, it made me feel things I didn't know I wanted to feel. Very existential feelings, and I'm still not quite done with it. Right, I still have to play Echoes of the Eye, so I'm excited to revisit it. But like. In, in a year for me where like Elden Ring was, it showed me what exploration can be in a video game, right? Outer Wilds did the exact same thing, but in a completely different way, right? So like both of the, like, I guess if we're, if we're looking at solely the mechanic of exploration, we've, I played two games that were master classes on that mechanic, uh, very close to each other. So I'm very, very grateful I got to experience Outer Wilds finally this year and uh it's it is a it is a singular experience there's no other game that quite made me feel the way Outer Wilds made me feel so definitely check it out if you haven't checked it out already I don't know if you have anything to add to that Connor but we've we talked about Outer Wilds yeah we've talked a lot of Outer Wilds I I just love it it's my favorite game of all time I uh I mean I I was out the other day and uh I, I met some new people and somebody looked at my phone. Well, well, they, they first they asked if my shirt was one piece and I said, yes, it is. And then later they saw my phone and they said, is that an Outer Wilds wallpaper? And I was like, we're going to be friends, I think. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. And that that's how much it is to me is that like, yeah, I, I just love that game so much. I will immediately be friends with someone if they want to talk to me about it. It's it's that good. Have we heard of, like, any other projects that these devs are doing? I know they've been doing, like, Outer Wilds for, like, this is their, their baby, right? They've like, been working on it since, like, 2012 or something, yeah. Yeah, so. I have no idea. I think idea. it's about time they they start another project. Yeah, but I but, have no idea what it'll be. I have not heard. Because, like, they're still, I mean, they're still working on Outer Wilds, right? Like, I'm pretty sure I got, like, a stability patch, like, yesterday. I don't know if it's the same people working on it anymore, though. I think they might have, like, passed it to an engineering team. Oh, okay. I don't know. But yeah, you've got to think, you know, like, for Outer Wilds to be, like, th like their first game, and, like, it was, like, um, oh, man, I forget his name. You probably know his name. I don't. But it was his, like, his, his like, college project, yeah. right? I don't know his and, name. And, like, <laughs> I mean, I can picture his face very clearly, but. Yeah. But, like, they took took this idea and ran with it, and it transformed into this beautiful game, and. I'm sure someone like that probably has ideas in the back of their head for what they want to do next. And Espe if Outer yeah, Wilds, especially after so many years of working on one. I was going to say, if Outer Wilds was your first game, like, it almost scares me thinking about what the, the follow-up to that could be. So, hopefully we get something out of them soon. Yeah. I, I, Omori didn't come out. This year, yeah, no, it? so I'm actually so going to do an inverse, and I'm going to do a game that did come out this year for this one. Okay. Uh, Tunic. 
Tunic, actually, like, if we're looking at just games that came out this year, I don't think Tunic beats Elden Ring for me, necessarily. But it it's so close. Uh, it, it actually, like, calls on some of the Outer Wild stuff that I love so much. And, you know, that'll do it. <laughs> um, yeah. Tunic, have you started it yet, Ahmed? Not quite yet. Okay. It's on my console, and I see the icon. It's so good. Uh, Tunic is like, it's, it, at first, you look at it, and you think, oh, this is a Zelda clone. And it, it kind of is. You play it for a bit, and then you get to the first boss, and you think, oh, this is a Souls-like. And then you keep playing it some more, and you realize that what it really is, is a meta puzzle game, kind of. And it does all three of those things quite like it doesn't stop doing the souls like and it doesn't stop doing the zelda but it does all three of them quite well and it's also just a very cute little game it's it was one that i sat down and like could not put down until i'd finished it which is true of omori as well but i just couldn't stop playing tunic it was so fun i had my like notes out because i needed notes to finish it I and, and like the last like maybe hour of me playing this game, maybe longer than that, was me like going through my notes, jotting things down and like making connections from things I'd already seen and like not even really playing the game, but it it was part of the game. And I it, it, it says here it took me about 15 hours to beat it. So and I had the game on the whole time I was doing that. So that time's included. It's just insanely good. I. I can't recommend Tunic highly enough. It's something I could. Re- it's something I can comfortably recommend to anyone too, because it has some pretty amazing accessibility features. It doesn't really do anything to make the puzzles easier, although you, you can just look up answers, and the community is pretty good about only telling yeah, you. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like while you and I might find like the note taking requirement to be really cool, I feel like that will turn a lot of people off. Yes, and I will say the game, there's a good game here if you don't want to do any of that. You can play a fun game without doing any of that, but the very cool thing that Tunic does, in my opinion, is all of that. All that stuff where you really have to think. And even then, like, you... the the Tunic does not tell you where to go or what to do pretty much ever. the the gimmick of the game is that there's a manual you find, but the manual is in a in a made up language that you can't read, and at no point does the game make it readable to you. So you have to kind of like interpret the pictures or try to figure out what it's saying to you. And the the uh, you know a lot of people are saying that like Tunic hit them hard in nostalgia because they were like importing Japanese games in the 80s and 90s. And that's what it was like because they couldn't read the manual. They had to like interpret the pictures and everything. And that's kind of the feeling that they're invoking. But like this had no nostalgia for me. I'd never done that. And I still thought it was like an incredibly fun experience. I never translated the language. It is possible to do so. That's really cool. But I I didn't have to to beat the game. I was able to get through it. No, man. I remember. I mean, I never got like foreign manuals that I had to translate, but I remember getting those game manuals and games like when yeah. I was a kid and I loved looking through them. I don't know if that makes me a little weird, but like, it, yeah, and I definitely read all those manuals. Tunic leans into that like it. That is the main collectible you're finding. Like you find Zelda style power ups as well, but the more significant power ups you find are pages of the manual that tell you about things you could have been doing the whole time, but didn't know how to do. <laughs> yeah. 
And I, I just love that. I love the discovery aspect of it, just like Outer Wilds, where, like, a lot of the game is about discovery. Tunic is not all discovery, though. Tunic also has, like, actual power-ups and stuff, so it's kind of a halfway between those things. Man, like, I gotta play this game. You're telling me it's a Zelda slash Dark Souls slash Elder Wilds. Outer Wilds. Outer yeah. Wilds. I think you'll really <laughs> Elder like Wilds. it, yeah. It does, and it doesn't necessarily do any of those things quite as well as where it's, you know... It's the source material, but it does them all quite well. Yeah. Very competently, and the combination is just killer. It's so good. I think you'll really like the combat. I I did. But uh, if you're just somebody that wants to solve puzzles and play as a cute fox and stuff, you can almost completely, maybe completely turn off damage. Like, it has, like, accessibility suite stuff for that. You can tinker as much as you need to. Nice. And, uh... You know, I think if you're somebody who can do the combat and likes that sort of thing, you'd be doing your yourself a disservice. But, like, there's a lot to enjoy here without the combat, for sure. I I would say that it's kind of a smaller part of the game for me, even though I liked it a lot. I, w- I would definitely recommend, if, if Souls like combat is scaring you off, just turn it off. You don't need it to enjoy the game. And it's it's just incredible. And it's so cute. <laughs> Everything in it is so cute. Yeah, Tunic is like very near the top of my short list of games that I'm going to play soon. So expect in a few episodes, I'm I'm going to be talking about Tunic. You're just going to have a legendary few months between God of War Ragnarok and Outer Wilds and Tunic. And if you can fit in Omori too. It it happens in bursts, man. It always happens in bursts. There are months where I'm like not really doing anything. And then there are months where I have like transformative gaming experience. That's how it was for me though. Because it went like Elden Ring, Tunic, Omori earlier this year. So yeah. And that was pretty insane too. (laughs) Yeah. Going going straight from Elden Ring to Tunic was incredible. Because... You know, they're both because Tunic is also kind of a big open world, but it's more it's open world in the way that like an older Zelda game is open world. Right. And I love that style of open world. Yeah. I think that's all I got to say. It's very good, though. Highly recommend. It's also on Game Pass. I think it's still there. And I think it just got ported to Switch. I'm not sure. It's on everything, I believe now. Okay, it's on PC, Switch, PlayStation, Xbox. So. Mike. Now, I don't want to hijack anything, but I do remember earlier this year you talking about Disco Elysium. I (laughs) have not played it since. Oh, God. I haven't gotten around to it yet either. I mean, I did see, like, the lawsuit thing, and I'm like, I might avoid this game until I know what's going on for a little bit. Yeah, that's okay. So that's a whole can of worms. At the end of the day, it just makes me sad because Zaum, the studio that you know, created Disco Elysium, even if it's around at the end of all this, will not be the same. So, like, Disco Elysium might be, like, a lightning in a bottle it type might be. thing. <laughs> I, and I, let me just say, I, I, I'm sorry to hijack this, but I have to get this out there. Disco Elysium absolutely stands up in that caliber of, like, Elden Ring, Outer Wilds, Tunic, like, all these games, these fantastic games that push the envelope. Disco Elysium is absolutely in that tier, so take that as an endorsement and definitely check it out if you haven't. Yeah, it's it's a game that I have not played, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, a game that I played this year that didn't come out this year, but I really liked. It's kind of a toss. I could talk about both Project Wingman and Ace Combat Seven at the same time because they're, <laughs> they're the very same similar game. games. They're very yeah. similar games, but this was this was my like year of. 
Ace Combat games. Which I don't know why I hadn't done that before. Yeah, you were really... I forgot about that. You were, like, really into that for a few months there. I was in. I was in it. Oh, yeah, I remember that phase. I I wasn't sure it was this year, honestly. This year's been a blur. Dude, honestly, like, after watching Top Gun Maverick, like, I wanted to play... It was either play Ace Combat or, like, join the Navy. (laughs) that's That's how, like hype that movie got me you know like Uh, man (laughs) yeah it was it was a very good movie but yeah ace combat and everything kind of it kind of marked my started my year off strong i don't know like everyone else was playing like elden ring and i'm sitting over here playing a game about flying jets at high speeds yeah, it brought some much-needed variety to the show, for sure. Oh, yeah, everyone else is talking about Elden Ring, and meanwhile, like, yeah, I just, I played this jet game for 14 hours today. So, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna press you a little bit. You can't, you have to pick one. Overall quality, seven. Ace Combat 7. Okay. That makes sense. Project I mean, Wingman's it's... good, but it's more in the style, of, they're both the same, they're a sequel to the same game, really, is what they are. Ace Combat's got the, like, established everything though so yeah that makes sense that it went yeah they're literally continuations of the same games yeah the same single game with increasingly escalating anime-esque plots oh yeah it's part of the fun though i don't i don't know what it is but like with with uh jet fighter content but top gun maverick was basically an anime too and no one can convince me otherwise. that's that's just jet fighters man it's that it's, there's this romanticization of fighters, fighter jets, where it's it's literally just anime in the skies. Yeah, and I I really do love it. But I I said yeah, that, all I could say about Ace Combat Seven and Project Wingman earlier this year. The soundtrack yeah, and I good, know games fun, dude. I know like you shouted out the soundtrack so hard, but I didn't fully understand until I downloaded the game and I hovered over the icon and I just got blasted by like the most epic track I've ever. Oh yeah, the soundtracks are absolutely nuts. Like it is basically just plain anime. It's yeah, it's fantastic, fantastic game. Good year for me. We're gonna playing it. It's always been. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, man, I, you know said this hot take before games just keep getting better and better no i mean because we are next year is already like if if half of the games announced for next year are as good as we think they're gonna be like next year's also gonna be nuts yeah next year's like the the train isn't stopping in 2022 like we're getting tears of the kingdom we're getting starfield we're getting oh what else what are we spider-man 2 (laughs) herbal space Um, program 2 like (laughs) Oh no! Not a major release, but that's an ins- that's a huge game for a lot of people. Like, Hades too. Hades was that next, next year? year. I think it's so, yeah, because right? it's Maybe. early access. Yeah, that will be out. God help will them it? if they showed a trailer for a game in twenty twenty four. I think Hades two had a had a release date, right? Right. I don't think it had a release date. You, you but might it's early be right. Access. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, it'll it doesn't be out. have a release date yet. Come, it does. It has a coming soon. It'll be out next year, I think, because it's early access. They're not gonna. And don't you think we're about due for another 3D Mario as well? Oh, I hope Makes so. Makes you think. I want a full Makes game Bowser's Fury so bad, dude. They're going to give more information about Early Access in 2023, but I don't think it's going to come out until maybe late 2023. Okay, I my, my suspicion is like at the latest December 2023, but... Yeah, okay, so discount that one, but still, like... Yeah, and this is just... These are just known quantities, too, right? Like, there could be, there could be more happening in 2023. Yeah. 
there could be a hardware reveal in 2023. I'm I know like this sounds crazy right now, but it, it would not surprise me if there is a Switch 2 reveal. Yeah. Imminently. We've been like, saying it, that every year happening. for a long time though. But like these dev kits exist, right? Like there's in solid information out there. It's just like not been revealed yet. Like people are working on Switch 2 games right now. Yeah. If if that's what we want to call it. So Hell, I, po- I mean, Pokemon granted, Company know, like, released one on the Switch this year. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true. <laughs> but but that's the thing, like, who knows, maybe this is some sort of Switch Pro and there isn't, like, a Switch 2, but I think this is, like, a next-gen, like, I think we're getting a next-gen console. We might. I don't think it's, like, a Pro version. Yeah. I but, think... you know, you never know with Nintendo, right, so. Well, Nintendo's Pro versions are always so stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. The, I can't like wait for the Switch XL. But that that that's why I said like like this this thing clearly has better hardware. It has it res- supports modern technologies like DLSS. So like, I it would be very surprising if this is just like a like a Switch 1.5. I just want to be clear. I bought a new 3DS. Like I I don't want to act like I'm better than anyone else. I'm very proud of the fact that I had the OG 3DS. Oh, I have that too. Oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think no. I sold that to my friend uh, Kirsty. I don't have it anymore. Well, you 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 did. You were an ambassador, and that's all. I was an ambassador. Was. Yeah, I uh, I lost those games when I uh, got the oh, new 3DS. That's a shame. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I mean, the eShop's down. I'll just pirate them now. I'm not going to feel bad about that. Yeah, there's no way to buy them anymore. Yeah, I they are mine. I am rightfully owed them. Like you can even <laughs> I I like there's like a FTP like file transfer protocol thing for the 3DS. You can see them on my 3DS. I just can't get them to play. Like, you can even see the ambassador certificate that's just, like, the little 3D plaque Rip. thing you see. <laughs> this is a weird tangent. No, but I'm, I'm, mad I'm about it. Uh, very excited for next year, man. Like Me too. And it starts, like, yeah. quick. Like, I think Kerbal Space Program's early next year. Like, February. Yeah, I mean, I feel like... And, and I feel like this this is a kind of a typical cycle, right? Where, like, next-gen starts, and it's a little slow at the start, right? Like, the new consoles come out people are still sort of like we're still kind of in that cross-gen malaise where nothing truly new and revolutionary comes out but like i feel like this is the year with like okay we're fully in next gen now let's go let's push the envelope and let's see what we can do we're also getting a big and, wave of like games that weren't getting finished because of the pandemic and now they are that's true yeah. like all that is kind of coinciding and it's just like a feast i can't believe elden ring was developed in that time yeah man like <laughs> it's insane Oh, Miyazaki. And that's the thing, dude. Like, I don't really care at all about Armored Core, but you bet I am going to play Armored Core 6 Fires of Rubicon day one just because of the association. Yeah, same. Like, well, I I played Armored Core as a kid and liked it. I If oh, it cool. wasn't yeah. from Soft, I don't think I would buy it, though. Yeah, I mean, like, I have never played an Armored Core game. I'm going to play the sixth game in the series because that name is on it. Like, that's how much value that has to be now so yeah Ooh, it's gonna disappoint a lot of people because there's a mech game it, it is like they're, yeah. they're probably gonna be expecting so like, bad yeah you're not gonna Dark be dodge Souls rolling with robots <laughs> now however i'll buy it because yeah. i like mech games see it's Literally, a faster paced like, mech game so i think i'll like it and miyazaki has already confirmed in interviews like look yes we're incorporating some design elements from souls but this is very much an armored core game it's still retaining the same mission structure it's 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 an armored core game first and foremost, so don't expect it to be like Soulsify or Armored Core. But like that being said, you know, like 
like you can even watch that trailer and feel modern from soft in it you know like that kind of like melancholy yeah narratively i could see a lot of souls yeah, added you could, to it i just the, don't the visual think language yeah. The visual language of From Software, modern From Software, was all over that trailer. So for sure, I'm not worried at all about this game. I'm looking forward to. I, I'm just seeing it as like a fresh, new From Soft experience, and I'm excited for that. Yeah. So, what were we talking about? <laughs> I, I, we were talking about games we're excited for next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Man, we we this is our so, third yeah. tangent in three games. Yeah, but well. that's the other thing. Like, okay, so not to keep like you know praising from software or whatever but like their output is also kind of insane right like i feel like every almost every year they put out something we've almost got to get an elden ring dlc next year right like oh certainly yeah, yeah we have to yeah we had um tears of the kingdom well, actually, is an elden ring think. dlc right yeah <laughs> Be- developed by kojima plot twist of the century <laughs> yeah i mean like miyazaki has won what like two of the last three no two of the last four game of the year awards right Sekiro won in 2019 and now Elden Ring won in 2022 so it's basically if he puts out a game he wins yeah man that's what it's come to yeah, so because Bloodborne won too right I don't think it did if I remember I don't know what year that was so yeah that was that was ancient history at this point yeah which scares me to say Remastered Bloodborne, you coward. Yeah, please give That's it to me That's all we PC. really want. Yeah. I want it so That's bad. That's all we really want. I have it on my PS4, but I have like a jank it's, PS4 controller. Dude, it's not, it's not worth it. It's like, I, especially after my eyes have been opened, like, I cannot play 30 frames per second. Game. It's insufferable, yeah. It's just a, a slideshow, man. Like, I cannot just turn Just it. turn on frame interpolation. <laughs> no. And that, that, that will actually make me throw up. <laughs> okay. So maybe we stop defending DLSS three. Yeah, uh. I don't know though. Like I obviously you can't really tell unless you see it yourself. But out of the videos I watched, their motion smoothing looked pretty good. Oh, it's pr- it's like, flawless, but it's still just motion yeah. smoothing. Yeah, but like, yeah. oh my god, my TV's mo- motion smoothing makes me want to like. Oh, mine's actually really good. The, the, projectile vomit. The, it, my, mine actually has a couple of different game modes. Like so that it's like fast, faster, and fastest. And yeah. uh, the the fast one is still pretty low latency. Like we were even playing Smash Bros in it the other day, and it took me a while to realize I hadn't fixed it. And I just, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it, and it looks really good. Like you can't tell that it's it, unless I'm the sure. game's frame rate drops extremely low. Like Pokemon, it suddenly becomes really janky when the frame rate drops really low. But I be- I bet I would have been able to tell. I'm certain because I was able to tell it. It wasn't not noticeable. I, I, it took me one match. I'm, I, but, I'm, I'm putting this yeah. on the record just so everyone can understand how much of a freak I am. I came over to Connor's place to watch the Game Awards, and oh uh, God, we yeah. started watching it. We started watching it. Was like, hey, Connor, can you can you check the the video? I think it's 1080p. There should be a 4K copy out there somewhere. And sure enough, he checked, and it was it was 1080p. Yeah, I can tell the difference between 1080p and 4K if I'm looking. But I I would have watched the whole thing without being bothered. I think. Yeah, that's just I've. Yeah, it's a curse, honestly. It's a, definitely it's a, a, definitely I'm cursed. Yeah, it makes it harder to enjoy things. I I had a buddy who bought like a nice pair of headphones, and he was like, "Do you want to try them?" And I said, "No, absolutely not." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I want to still be able to enjoy my headphones, and then you know, yeah. eventually, I ended up buying the same pair he had. So here we are. All right. Anyways, yeah, twenty twenty three looking awesome. Uh, do we want to get into what we, we've uh, been playing? 
Yeah, sure. Um, I guess. Yeah. I'll I'll kick us off. Um, I'll I'm because I'm gonna be pretty brief. Sea of Thieves put out another update. That fixed a lot of problems. Another, another update. Yeah, a lot of issues. Talk about season. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, they keep they keep putting out tiny updates that like make enough change that I'm like bouncing back and forth. So like my, the last time I was like, man, it's really not worth it right now because it's so broken. It's still super broken, but they put out an update that made it less frustrating how broken it is. You you now spawn in with enough supplies to instantly start fighting like i don't really feel compelled to gather supplies anymore which used to be like a 10 to 20 minute ordeal like and if you didn't do it you were almost guaranteed to lose your fight if you were against anyone competent now you spawn in with enough that like if you lose with those supplies you are probably gonna lose anyway so that's a substantial update the queue times are still a little long but they're working on it uh, and they're not long enough right now that I would say it's like extremely frustrating. I actually played the other day. The skill-based matchmaking seemed to be working. I played for like two, two and a half hours without getting frustrated, really. And I was like trading wins and losses. So that makes me feel like the skill-based matchmaking was mostly working. Although some of the wins were way easier than they should have been. But, you know, it, it's working. Like, I wasn't just getting stomped every time, which is what's really frustrating. And, uh... They also fixed, uh, there was a hot mic issue, and they fixed that where uh, my push-to-talk works in the PvP now. That was broken, and I couldn't talk to people, and the game definitely becomes more frustrating when you can't talk to people, because it has a mostly nice community. Like, I was in, like, a 45-minute battle with somebody the other day, and at the end of it, I ended up winning, and we we both were, like, swimming towards each other, and we were like, dude, that's the best fight I've had all night, and we, like, talked for a little bit. They, they, uh, when you lose, they merge you to a different server yeah. so we only got to talk for a few seconds but it was like super wholesome and that's it's that's cool yeah the, good the community, right like the multiplayer aspect of sea of thieves is definitely the, i feel like i just need to get probably with you and play that game yeah i think we'd have some fun i don't know if yeah like if you hop in i don't even know if we'll do the new pvp stuff the whole time because like sea of thieves is still at its best when you're just sailing around getting into stuff but i'm enjoying the pvp right now too but, like, the, the weird antics you can get into in the sandbox are still, like, the best part of the game. Like, you know, tucking aboard someone's ship and them not even knowing you're there is hilarious. And just stealing stuff off of other people's ships without ever fighting them. Yeah. That's still where it where it shines, I think. But I have a lot of PvP grind to go. I'm level 22 and I need to get to 100. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's going to be a long road to hoe. You got anything else? No, that's it. I just it's 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 better than it was last time I talked about it. <laughs> Mike. All right. So, uh I was going to talk about some other games that I've been playing and picked up or whatever I played at Extra Life, blah blah, Dwarf Fortress somewhere there. But uh yesterday I picked up Yakuza 0 and that's all I've been thinking about for oh, the last 24 nice. hours. Yeah. <laughs> um I tried to get into it. It, it. it it had the Japanese game problem of having a kind of long start time oh yeah there's a lot of cutscenes, but once you get into that combat it's just so much fun really yeah i i played it for a solid two or three hours and i enjoyed it and i meant to come back to it i just got distracted but i gotta give the it thing about chance. yakuza is just like the the sheer preponderance of like nonsense you can do like <laughs> yeah, there's so I, uh... much in-depth side stuff like you could just like go karaoke singing yeah, and i go spent uh, and, like, 30 almost... minutes at a claw game <laughs> That's yeah, that's go go play some baseball. I literally went from like 
busting somebody's head into a urinal and drop kicking him out of a window to playing a claw game. And yeah, equally, that's, that's, both of those like were just as fun. Like, at no point was I bored. It's... Yeah. It's also the open world's really it feels really small but it it feel that makes it feel better. Yeah, I like a small open world. I think they're that's that was a trend personal. for a little bit there. Deus Ex did it and yeah, small hubs that you can still yeah. walk around in and there's things to do. But like it's it feels a lot better than the sprawling open world where it's like minutes of travel time. Yeah, places. where it's like drive to this place to start the mission and then drive for 5 more minutes to like <laughs> yeah when the current area that i'm in if i want to go from the karaoke bar to the erotic video area it's like five seconds it's like and you know minute. that you do i haven't yet <laughs> i i've been meaning to explore that area and see what what it means can't do that but i'm on not twitch, yeah though. i can't do that on twitch yeah so i saw it i'm like okay i'm gonna have to see if this is like a weird activity for me to do or not but i'm kind of scared to do it on twitch so <laughs> <laughs> honestly yakuza is like Japanese GTA with the absurdity turned up to like 25 from 10. And the story's like, that's really good. Like, I'm actually kind of invested in Kiryu as a character three hours in. Yeah, yeah, I believe that. I, I've been meaning to play them. I feel like, well, I don't feel bad. They were all on Game Pass at one point, but they were not on there long enough for anybody to reasonably finish them all. And I. Yeah, because like each game takes like 20 plus hours yeah. to beat. And so. I didn't get very far into zero before other stuff happened. Yeah, I'm three hours, and I think I might play zero after this on stream. That's probably what I'm going to end up doing. Yeah, man, like Yakuza is is probably near the top. No, I think it is at the top of series that I really want to break into. But like, it's just the sheer amount of it always kind of is daunting to me, it's... right? Because like you want to you want to start with Yakuza zero and then work your way up from there. I hear Yakuza Like a Dragon is a good starting point, but I do want to start from the first and work my way up. Yeah, Yakuza 0 it's is... just such a commitment, man. Like, it's See, so much game. The key for it is, the way I've heard it described, is to play, like, a Yakuza game once a year or so. Like, you start on 0, and then you just wait a year and play through the next one. Because <laughs> they're not meant to be played all in a row. They were meant to be played in how they were released. Once every couple years. Yeah. So it's just too it's, much all at once, yeah. Binging game a game series like Yakuza is just not worth it. You just gotta play it slowly. Like work your way through zero and then a year or a couple months later play through the next game. Give yourself time to breathe between them. And I mean the first three games are Yakuza Zero, Kiwami and Kiwami Two are all on PC and more modern, but once you get past Kiwami Two it gets a little weird. Yeah, so it's Yakuza 0, Kiwami 1, Kiwami 2, then Yakuza 3 and 4, yeah. 5 remastered, I believe. Is no, it like, Yakuza then, 3 is Kiwami 2. So 4, 5, and 6 is what you want to hit remastered. Isn't Like a Dragon a turn-based RPG? Yes, it is different yes. from all of them. Yeah. It, and apparently it's really, really, like they changed, like people were so mad when it was announced, but it turned out really well, allegedly. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, uh, like a dragon doesn't even fit into the main storyline. <laughs> of course, it's it's like a side it's like a side game. Non canon. No, it it's canon. It's canon in the universe. It's just like a side game. It follows yeah. a different character that's not Kiryu or Goro Majima or any of the other main characters. 
I don't, I don't know. I'm literally at the bottom of the series, but I've done my research to know what games I need to play and what games I need to avoid. Yeah. But I'm dead. Zero is definitely a lot of fun. The combat's very fluid and visceral. And it's always fun to like finish somebody off with a, <laughs> the trash can. Yeah. It's, it, it's it feels a lot so of fun. good to dive into a franchise like that. Like that's, that's how I felt when I like picked up the first Devil May Cry and realized what was ahead of me. Oh man, Devil May Cry is another one. Yeah. There's too many games to play, man. Man, if I'm you, I play Devil May Cry three, maybe four, and definitely five. Definitely three and five. The the others are good. Like one is good. Four is good, but they're skippable, kinda. Like I would watch I a know, recap man. of four. I feel like I should I should play them all. Don't play two. Get- don't put yourself through that. No one should play two. Okay. It's gen- genuinely, I mean, you can't, like, I think one, two, and three are typically sold in collections. Two will make you not want to play the rest. Oh, I, is... I do have all of them okay. via collections, so. Two is so bad, it'll make you not want to continue. Three is so good, you'll wonder how two happened. <laughs> but, like, do they ever reference no, two? No, it's in, never like, even talked about. Games? I believe two takes place the farthest in the future of all the games. Everything else takes place oh. before two. Wait, no, Yakuza Kiwami 2 is Yakuza 2. I'm sorry, Yakuza. You need to play Yakuza three as well. I was, mm. I was wrong. I did. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah. so Kiwami one and Kiwami two correspond to like remakes of one and two. Yep. And then there's three, four, five, and six. Kiwami two is, just... is the most recent one, other than like a dragon. Is it really? Yep. Yakuza oh, Kiwami okay. two released in 2018 or 2020 on Xbox One. And there's all sorts of like spinoff games, like Judgment and like. Ishin like a dragon which is coming out soon people are hyped for that it's just like it's like a whole world you, you can dive into if, oh, yeah. if you want and eventually I will dive into that world there's also it's a just... fist of the north star game also in the same world technically really <laughs> yes oh. there are cameo appearances from main characters in the Yakuza games man it is a Yakuza fist of the north star lost paradise is considered a spin-off game of Yakuza hmm Okay. Which doesn't make any sense, but I mean, A. I don't know if I agree with all that, but... <laughs> I don't know if I agree, but A, it checks out. Yeah, yeah. You do they you said know. it in the same universe. Yeah. Who am I to say? Yeah, I didn't I didn't make the game. Man, yeah. You you saying that has me wanting to, wanting to go back to Yakuza 0. Literally like, I, what I'm going to do I after was this. So, I was so early on, I feel like when I finally do get back to it i'm just gonna start over just so i can remember what i what i forgot but like one of these days i am gonna fully dive through yakuza yakuza zero and i do hear that yakuza zero is like one of if not the best game in the franchise too. oh yeah so like it's 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 very very well regarded i'm i'm having a lot of fun all right i guess i will go next so i am not quite finished with this game yet but i still want to bring it up I am playing Inscription. Oh, so this is a this is an incredible game. So Inscription is on the surface, right? It's it, it is kind of like a demonic card game with pretty simple rules, right? Complexity gets added as you play kind of naturally. But what's special about Inscription and I do encourage if you're into card games, like I encourage you to just skip this section and not even listen to what I'm about to say. And I will try to minimize spoilers, right, for anyone who might be interested in this game. But the the cool thing about Inscription is that 
the the card game is the very surface level of what this game really is. And as you play this game, like additional mechanics that are adjacent to the card game kind of become unlocked, right? So like kind of light spoilers for early inscription here, but eventually you are able to get up from the table and look around and see that you're in a dark cabin in the middle of the woods and you see all sorts of escape room-esque trinkets and devices around you that you eventually interact with and try and figure a way out of the cabin that you're trapped in with this psychopath forcing you to play a card game, right? And if that was the whole game, that would be a superb game. But it is not the whole game. And beyond that point, I don't even want to get into what Inscription turns into, right? I I do want to shout out, there is a DLC where that is the full game. Like, they they build even more on Oh, no way, really? Yeah, and it's like a roguelike, and it's dope. I I watched I some so. play of it. It's very f- cool. So I'm not finished with Inscription yet, right? Like, so... Are you into Chapter 2 yet? I think I'm in Chapter 3 okay. of Inscription. I have no idea how many chapters there are. I'm not right? going to so, tell you. So what happens, right? Like, so you finish the first chunk of Inscription, which is what I described, like the, the card game in the cabin. And then things change radically, and you play that chunk of the game, and then ch- things change radically again, and I'm in that section of the game. And I, I apologize for the vagueness, but this really is one of those games where you really don't want this stuff spoiled for you. So it, it's great. I mean, like, it's the same core mechanics just keep sort of getting tweaked and evolved over time, and the card game stays fresh. And uh, it's, a, it's, a pretty, it's a pretty fun card game, man. Like, I would definitely play this IRL if there were like IRL cards, I think but. there are some things that you might not want to do IRL that are involved in the card game. <laughs> yeah, some things. Yeah, <laughs> a few yeah. mechanics you might have to tweak a little. I I will say though, like, it, and uh, granted, I'm not completely through the game, but that first section is the one that felt the strongest to me. Like, I like all of it so far a lot. Don't get me wrong, but like that first section in that cabin, just the atmosphere there, and like the weirdness and yeah. kind of like the horror elements it was so perfect man like there's a reason I, that's what the dlc replicates yeah right yeah like that was a really special kind of chunk of that game and like what follows is fantastic too don't get me wrong but like i just don't think it's quite lived up to the highs of how it starts but uh inscription is a very uh special game highly recommend you check it out right like and that's the thing, man, like, as someone who's, like, still in it, right, like, because of, like, the horror vibes of the first section, like, I don't know, I, I'm still kind of on the teetering edge of, like, is this where the game goes full horror? Like, I still don't know if that's ever going to happen, right? But, like, it's 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 cool because, like, that that first section kind of just instilled this idea in my head, right, like, and, like, there are, I guess, a s- small spoiler ahead, right? There are sections where you watch, like, live video. Uh, FMV. Right? Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, some of those are kind of cringe, but intentionally so, right? Like, they're designed that way. Yeah, but I thought they were good video for what clips, they were trying man, to like, do. Some of those video clips, like, like they, they get me thinking, like, is this where the game, like, turns, like, horror, like, full horror? Like, because it... it it flirts with that idea a few times, right? And I still don't know if that's going to happen. And I guess I'll find out the more I keep playing. But 
it's a it's a it's a fascinating game. I've never quite played a game like this before. So yeah, he has a couple other games like that, like very similar to Inscription. But Inscription's the one where he like the game is fun. The, the other ones were not fun to play. Whereas Inscription, like the card game, is actually yeah. like extremely fun. And that's what, the hook. what was the game before Inscription? Pony Island, I, I think. Pony Island. That's yeah, what it was. and I yeah. have I've, Pony I've Island. Good, I, I've heard pretty good things about it. I couldn't get very far into it. The the core yeah. gameplay of Pony Island is nothing short of completely uninteresting. Yeah, it's well. I'm glad. I'm glad he. I guess figured it out with Inscription. Yeah, right? he really. The core yeah. gameplay is fantastic. The card game's very fun, and uh, the uh, this the elements surrounding the card game. That's that's where Inscription really shines. I think like. Yeah, I'm curious to see where things go because uh, definitely look stuff up once you finish the game because there's stuff you've missed almost certainly, and it's oh, really, really? Cool. yeah, wow, okay. There's a lot to that game, uh, and there's yeah. I've already wondered in a couple places, and I guess maybe we can talk about it after the show. Are you playing it on? Co- so you're playing it on PS5. I'm playing it on PC. Oh, you're playing it on PC. Okay. See, there's some stuff in the game that I don't even know how they did it on console because it's so PC-centric. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you do, actually. (laughs) Oh, maybe maybe I don't. Yeah, Yeah, maybe I don't. Yeah. So it's stuff I didn't see on my first playthrough. So, yeah. What I will say is that there have been chunks of this game that I've played through where I've wondered where, like, what would happen if I made a different choice. And I'll, I'll explain uh, after the episode. Maybe we could talk about it. But, yeah, I, I'm very curious to see what changes across playthroughs. Because uh, I do want to play this again on PS5. Just because, like, I find it so much fun. In fact, I have already started another playthrough <laughs> on PS5 without having finished my current playthrough. Which is just absurd. That's kind of silly, Yeah. Yeah. You, you do get um, I, well, a chapter actually, so select the, at the end as well, so you can go back to, like, the different... Okay, yeah, yeah, I really just wanted to play in that cabin again. That's kind of the main reason. Casey's so. mod is, like, it's a free DLC, I think, and uh, you that's yeah. all in the cabin. That's neat. Yeah. Because, like, the, the, cabin, the cabin section of the game had uh, roguelike elements, too. It was a roguelike game. Yeah, right? I, I felt and, a little uh, hurt because I bought it as a roguelike, and, uh... And then it turns into other things. Yeah, and I, en- and I ended up loving those too, but I felt a little cheated because, like, I'm I'm a yeah. roguelike guy. I was very excited for a roguelike. But this is one of those games where, like, I, I totally understand if there was any deception in the marketing. Like, Oh, yeah, they were is, right to like, do it, yeah. Yeah, so, like, it, it, it just, it, it, you, this is one of those games that you need to let surprise you and just let it take you where it wants to take you. So. Another game like Tunic and Outer Wilds in that way, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to, yeah, I apologize for the vagueness of that whole section, but like, again, it is a game that you need to play uh, if you don't know anything about it. So, okay. And you don't even have to like card games. I don't like trading card games that much. Although after Inscription, I'm a little more into them than I was. But yeah, I don't really play trading card games at all. Like I played Yu-Gi-Oh when I was little, like I don't play Magic or anything like that, but I have some of the One Piece cards now. Oh, nice. Yeah, I got some for my yeah. birthday. Is that just like a collecting thing, or is there an actual game? There is a game, and it is wild. It is very strange. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've got I've got the the worst generation starter deck and the straw hat starter deck. And I played around it with my buddy. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. You'll have to you'll have to teach me sometime. Yeah. Next time you're in town. Um I I will say 
I'm going to give a quick shout out, right? So I've also kind of been playing on and off the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt I, because they've re- yeah, released the a next-gen update. update. And so I can finally play that game in glorious 60 frames per second. They also added a ray tracing mode, but it's at 30, so I could care less. Wolf, yeah. But uh, yeah, the Witcher 3, man, because they didn't just up the frame rate. They like like redid a bunch of textures. It looks stunning, man. It looks like a PS5 game. And I... I'm having a very good time with it. I'm only like two or three hours in very early on, but I'll I'll, I'll get back to you in like 15 episodes when I finally beat that game yeah. and give a comprehensive review. But very excited to play this game that a lot of people herald as like one of the all-time greats. Yeah. I've always been scared off of it because my buddy always tells me the combat sucks. What, Witcher? Yeah. No, it's the, fantastic. What do you mean? The combat. So here's the thing. The combat is good, but as someone who is so incredibly used to like souls and like I think that's why he hates you know, it. Yeah. God of War combat, it it is it does not really play like that, right? So like I could see where that opinion comes from if you're used to those other like melee heavy combat games. But yeah, it does take some getting used to, but the combat is is is, is it's fine. I'll just put it there. Like, I don't think it's, like, incredible or anything, but I think it's fine. That's the kind of game that'll be very difficult to bounce between, like, glorious 4K, high frame rate, and, like, also, like, I think it's a great Steam Deck game. <laughs> Wait, what? Witcher? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. No, portable. like, I, I feel like Witcher 3, there's just so much of it. You just need to play it however you can, right? Steam Deck, when you can pc when you can you know like yeah. just make progress because like otherwise you're never gonna get done with it yeah but like i said in in several episodes i'll i'll get back to you on that one do either of you have anything else Nah, that covers it for me that's it all right i think that's gonna do it for us this week thank you all for listening you can follow us to that podcast game talk on twitter which i don't know man we might not be on twitter much longer yeah we twitter <laughs> might be when, where's our, when are we making a Mastodon? Yeah, really. Yeah. I might get on that after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you reserve the name for sure. Yeah. Just had to go blow it up, didn't you? Musk. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Uh, where was I? Twitter. You can like, rate, and review us on any podcast service you use, including SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., Click the link in the description of this podcast to join our Discord and talk to us there. Thank you, Connor and Mike. Yeah, see you guys next week. Well, see you guys next time we record. See you in 2023, and happy holidays.